0: On today's episode, we talk about bile, a word that may not be very appetizing to hear. Maybe you've never heard of the word, but how important it is to removal of toxins from the body, support of digestion and assimilation of nutrients, helping to support the liver do its job, and keeping you as healthy as possible. So you definitely do not want to miss this one so you can make sure that your body is functioning how it should.
1: Live your life within the moment, moment. And
0: don't go wait until the morning. You never know when it is over. Hello, hello. Happy New Year. Oh, my goodness. 2023. Now I get to write the wrong date on anything I write for the next month and a half because I keep forgetting that it's
1: another year. I actually already wrote 2023 on something like last week. And I was like, yeah, I'm just like fast forwarding time. I just get to a point during the holidays, like I'm just done with it. Like Mm -hmm. I just want to move forward. I know. I used to like, it's so different now too, though, with
0: how we run our business. Like in the corporate world, the last two weeks of the year are like nothing. Like Mm -hmm. you don't do anything. A lot of people took them off. Mm -hmm. And like today I'm like, okay, back to work. And I took, we had to take off Friday because daycare closed. And then yesterday we had off. But like we have to purposefully have those days off. So we shift all of our calls. So then the other days are like way busier. Um so yeah, it was it was a fun holiday. By the end of the day yesterday I was like, Okay, I'm I'm done having the kids home all day yeah. for the past four no, days. I was
1: I was ready to be just in routine yesterday and like it didn't go as Planned like I had other things I wanted to get done, and then just with Marcus being home, like we just, which was fine. You know, we played puzzles and we built things and we played with this new Christmas toys and all of that stuff. But I, I crave my routine. Like I just want my normal food, my normal schedule. Like, yeah, just want my routine. Yeah, we. (laughs) uh, It's fun for a couple days after four days of
0: it. I was like, oh, I was so done. I know we uh, last night. So if you want to understand how different my children are right now, so Taylor has been like really hard and it's hard because she's 15 16 months old but like she's not nice like she hits carson she scratched carson's face the other day and he had like three claw marks on his cheek from her she hits jersey i can't i basically can't have her around jersey and like i can't yell at her i can't hit her like i don't know what to do because if you yell at her she just laughs at you Mm -hmm. when she's doing something wrong and then carson i guess yesterday nick Went downstairs after he took Carson to go to the grocery store really fast. He goes downstairs to put salt in the basement with him. And Nick Carson goes, Dad, I go upstairs for a minute. I need to talk to God. Aww. And I was like, oh, my God. And so then Nick's like, so I went like halfway up the stairs to hear what he would say. And he goes, dear God, thank you so much for all my presents, especially the cars on the road present. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I have this like spawned over here of <laughs> the I like- that just is like – terrorizing our house and our if, if animals and our if family members. It would have been so sweet though, if he would have followed it up and please make my baby sister turn <laughs> no, not, nice. not Not so mean to me. <laughs> Cause like, it's totally unprovoked too. Like she yeah. like, we literally can't have her around Jersey. She she'll like hug him a lot of times and like play wrestle with him. But then other times she literally walks up and like hits him as hard as she can. Oh. And I don't know what to do. And I know that like, she doesn't understand, you know, like no. she's a baby. Um, and like she's so sweet t- sometimes too, and like she just wants cuddles, and she's very jealous. Like yesterday, Carson and her were both being very jealous, and like both wanted to sit on my lap, and I was like, "Carson, you're too big for this right now. Oh. You're like fifty pounds already." It was just, it's it's, inter- it's an interesting time right now, and I don't want to like wish these years away either, you know, because they're yeah. yeah, they're adorable.
1: I think this was like the funnest Christmas by oh, far, for sure. Because Carson was like, yeah. It's so cool to like talk to them. And then, you know, Marcus is funny because he's like, okay, all my presents are gone. Like, when do we get more? Like, tomorrow? Yes. I'm like, no. When we were sitting in uh, Christmas Eve church and, you know, at school, they start to sing, you know, songs and whatever. And mid service, he just starts yelling out jingle bells. Jingle bell, jingle bell. I'm like, <laughs> and like it was a family service. We had all the yeah. kids in there and like all this stuff and they gave us like coloring books and stuff, but he didn't want to do that. He wanted his light up stick in place of his candle. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like bla- like screaming that out. But
0: um two years ago on funny. Christmas, I lit my hair on fire with one of those candles in church. Yeah. I was like not paying attention and I reached down to the diaper bag for something and was holding the lit candle, and my hair is very long. Yeah. And I like I was like, oh my God, what's that small? And I looked on it and I was like, oh my God. And I was like <laughs> patting <laughs> my <laughs> and then the whole church smelled.
1: I mean, I'm surprised that with the amount of kids in service, I mean, obviously parents, we had our candles and then they had, like I said, like these little like glow mm-hmm. stick light up things. But I'm actually surprised they're still doing that. Right? It's that, I mean, because there was multiple kids in there. Mm-hmm. We let Marcus hold it like- with me for a second and then Art was holding him and holding the candle and I was just like watching it like a hawk because I'm like what if this goes down and then the church gets <laughs> on fire <laughs> it's Mark's fault no um but yeah all was it was, all a, was a wonderful good. holiday ready for the 2023. Next week, we will be taking off this week, though. That is a decision. We're going to put it in our calendar. Becca and I talked about this last year. year. Next Next year, year we will be taking off this week. Next year. Yes, between Christmas and New Year's. Well, and it's funny because like, okay, so we only have three days technically this week, but I just knew in my heart something was going to go wrong today, like this week, like (sighs) tomorrow. I just like, sometimes you just foresee like... (laughs) it was like, I totally saw before we got home, the bag breaking with all the leftovers in it. And sure enough, the bag broke with all the leftovers in it when mm. we got home on Christmas Eve. But um, like, so Marcus, we dropped him off. We got what, an hour of work in yeah. before we got a call? I literally got here and our Art comes upstairs. He goes, a pipe broke at daycare. I need to go get
0: Marcus. I was like, oh my God. And so my morning calls today had Marcus on them. Yes.
1: Yeah. Mm. So thanks to all of our, our clients and even just other people that I know. Yeah. Sometimes the kids just pop in and that's- yeah.
0: That is, life, it is what it is. But.
1: So let's shift gears. Yep.
0: We Time are going to, get back to talk to about something today that is called bile. And I think that, you know, a lot of people don't really know what this is probably, or maybe they've heard us talk about it in passing. We want to talk about how important it is to your body functioning properly and being healthy. Mm-hmm. And for you not having to get your gallbladder out, if you have gallstones or you have a history of gallstones, like, There's so much that bile does in the body and we want to pay its
1: respects today. Yeah. And if you guys are somebody who, you know, are struggling with gallstones or your doctors recommending different tests to maybe potentially take your gallbladder out or, you know, you know that uh, this is on the horizon for you or maybe you've already had your gallbladder out, this is definitely going to be one that you want to listen to because we're going to talk about the importance of bile salts and why you would also want to incorporate those uh, in either scenario. Definitely if you've had your gallbladder removed, I mean, this is very commensal to the body, meaning it plays many important roles. So bile is a greenish yellow fluid fluid um, that is made by your liver cells. Um, And the biggest thing here is that it helps carry toxins and waste away from the body. So it's going to assist in digestion. We talk a lot in terms of, you know, your gallbladder and bile helping you break down and emulsify fats, help you absorb, you know, uh, fat-soluble vitamins and turn fats that you're consuming into fatty acids, um, you know, for proper elimination uh, while neutralizing acid in the body. So bile itself consists of bile acids, bile salts, cholesterol, and waste products along with water. Um, and so this is really important because, as Becca mentioned, even if things aren't working properly, it can place a big burden uh, on your kidneys. Um it can cause you know, a lot of issues just you know with your liver as well. Um and so that's what we're gonna dive into today and kind of cover, you know a little bit more about you know what it is here, the roles that it plays in digestion. Uh, why it's important. And then we're going to wrap it up with talking about, you know, signs of good bile flow and how cholesterol supports bile. And then, um, you know, four things that are really, really important when it comes to proper bile flow and absorption. Bile is what makes your poop brown. Yep.
0: Yep. Fun fact. And also if you don't have adequate bile, your poop floats Mm -hmm. or you a lot of times see um, little like fat droplets, kind of they look like oil. Mm-hmm. In the ba- in the toilet after you've pooped um, on the surface of the water, yep, on the surface of the water, that's kind of like undigested fat, basically, because bile once it's released into like the first section of the small intestine, it breaks down fat droplets into smaller particles, so they're easier to digest for your body. Um, so, like Liz talked about, it's basically a way for bile provides a way for your body to eliminate unwanted things, mm-hmm. and it excretes it through them through your stool out of your body. So, as you eat, bile is then released neutralizes acidity, digests fats. If there's not enough body, the body decreases stomach acid as well. Mm -hmm. So bile is a huge part of having adequate stomach acid. We've talked about that plenty of times. Um, Also really important for digestive enzyme production. Um, And so all of this leads to basically poor digestion or it makes it easier for things that you don't want in your body to get into your body. We talk a lot about getting GI map testing or stool samples or any of like testing to see what's wrong, is not necessarily like, okay, let's treat what is on the test. That is never what we're doing. What we're doing is looking at what has happened and then evaluating what allowed for this to happen. Like mm-hmm. if you have overgrowths, if you have bacteria, we look more to why did, why did this even happen in the first place? Because that's your problem. It's not that you have bacteria. Like, yes, that creates symptoms. That's a problem. But more so, how did these things get into the body? And so that's bile is a huge part of that. If you don't have adequate bile, your body's not able to excrete these things. It allows for them to infiltrate a little bit easier. So what role do they play in digestion? We kind of talked about this a little bit already. So bile acids, which they're then transformed into bile salts, are the main tools that help break down and absorb fats and promote the movement of water and electrolytes to your colon. Okay? So if you're taking in electrolytes, you're doing all the work with that but you don't have adequate bile, it's not pulling them and moving them to the colon. So bile salts also help your bowel cells absorb these fat droplets. Okay. So some of these acids have antioxidant and cell protection properties, whereas others could cause oxidative stress, which is harmful to the body. So the goal is for your body to make enough of the helpful bile acids and salts to protect you from the harmful oxidative ones. The overall volume of bile salts in humans is about three to four grams. Not very much. Mm -mm. It's a very small amount. If you've ever used food scale, three to four grams is not a lot at all. To do the job properly, your body maintains this amount by recycling bile salts via enterohepatic circulation or the circulation of bile acids. So at the beginning of your small intestine, like I said, bile gets released, goes through the small intestine, and then bile gets reabsorbed at the end of the small intestine and goes back to the liver. This, ha- this cycle that I just went through happens about six to eight times daily between the liver and the small intestine, and the cycle needs to be operating at peak condition because the toxins you ingest, inhale whatever, or absorbed without even realizing, come along with that bile, okay? So although bile is an essential fluid for drainage and the GI tract, it is also a major excretion route for the toxins we talk about all the time, guys, like... Metal heavy metals like copper, lead, manganese, mercury, selenium, silver, zinc, and it also delivers vitamins to the intestines. So, bile think of bile kind of like a car, it's transporting these things to and from the liver and the small intestines. And so, you need that car to be plentiful and working properly because if it's not, now we're disrupting vitamin absorption and movement, we're disrupting the removal of all these toxins and heavy metals that we're exposed to. And so if people end up with a heavy metal issue or a bacterial issue, we have to look to why, why are those things not flowing properly?
1: Yeah. And so you mentioned drainage and I want to touch on this a little bit because drainage is much different than detox. Um, so we've talked in the past briefly about lymphatic drainage using dry brushing, castor oil packs, Mm -hmm. doing self kind of massage here, but drainage is not the same thing as like detoxing. Okay. So drainage is the first step to supporting your body's natural processes to remove you know, things that shouldn't be in the body. So this involves, uh, beyond just liver and bile ducts, this involves your cells, your organs, the lymphatic system and the colon, right? So we talk a lot about if you're not pooping, you're not detoxing, but you're also not draining here. Um, and so this is really important, especially if you're somebody who's constipated, um, on the GI map, we do see sciatocrit, uh, which is a marker to tell us how well your body is breaking down fats and emulsifying fats. So this is important because if we want to be able to detox effectively, our drainage pathways have to be opened. Um, and if you know things are not working well in terms of our bioflow, limp movement, mitochondrial function, and we're not going to the bathroom two to three times a day, we're not draining properly. Um, and so think about this in terms of you know things get backed up, right? They get stagnant um, and so, before we're even eliminating all of these toxins that they want, they get stored in bile without the proper bile acid. The whole bile duct system gets clogged. Um, and this obviously is a bottleneck uh, here in terms of how things function with our me- metabolism our metabolic processes um, and our organs. And so it can create, again, as I mentioned, a lot of havoc on you know your cardiovascular system when we look at high cholesterol, we're looking at this as well. Um, you know your kidneys because the kidneys will take on more responsibility than they should and they eventually get overloaded when things aren't working um, properly in this. So, And I think it's important to understand like why we need this to flow uh, in the body. And so as Becca was saying, like this recycling process happens six to eight times a day, but there's about 600 milliliters of bile flow. um, And the liver makes up about 75% of that, while the rest of it's made up by bile duct cells. So if we are not having a free flowing bile duct, that domino effect is going to affect multiple areas. Yep. So your
0: liver is kind of like grand central station of your body. Basically. And, and hopefully this can help you kind of visualize what we're talking about because we understand that our sciencey podcasts can get a little dense. So we want to try and help them be applicable to like understanding and applying. Right. Um, so you're, think of your liver kind of like a water processing plant of a city. Water from every pipe and drain in the city merges to that central place. Like I said, Grand Central Station. Your liver is Grand Central Station. You actually have something called a um, hepatic portal system, which is basically a one-way street from everywhere in your body to your liver. And so if for whatever reason your body encounters like a a toxin, something that it's like, I need to get out of the bloodstream, out of my body into the liver so the liver can neutralize it, you have basically a one-way street from all places of your body to your liver. It's kind of like a wormhole. So that is how important the liver is to the body. The liver is like, I think, in my opinion, one of the most important organs to the body that is underrated. But water from every pipe and drain merges to that central place, the liver. And then in the liver, it's those, that water is cleansed of contamination, of debris, and the contaminated sludge gets kind of hauled away so it doesn't become a problem and pollute that water again. And the cycle repeats to protect the body from that contaminated water. Our body is the same. Our lymphatic and our cardiovascular systems push all of their fluid through their pipes to your liver, and then your liver filters out everything. The cleansed blood and lymph go back into circulation. The contaminated sludge your liver collects gets dumped into your bile. Then it gets hauled away in your intestines and out through your stool so as not to pollute, lo- pollute you. Liver. W- Liz was talking about your kidneys earlier. Your kidneys are basically the backup to your liver, and so if things are going wrong with your Kidneys, look to your liver, look to the bio, look to why the kidneys are having such a large role placed on them. That's a lot of times I see kidney stones become an issue. Stress, people that are high stress, high, you know, a lot of people that are work out too much, stuff like that, have very burdened livers. And so the stress then gets put on the kidneys, and then typically lack of hydration. Oh, what did we just talk about? Electrolytes and hydration go through the bile. That impacts your kid. So like it's all connected, guys. It's not I have kidney stones, I have to get kidney stones out. Yes, you need to get them out, but like why? Why do we have kidney stones? Why why why? That's always the question we're asking. So, if the liver bile duct is blocked, your body can't haul away that sludge. It gets stagnant in your liver and your gallbladder. And eventually, that stagnant garbage begins to rot, which can cause other health concerns. Problems do not stay in your liver, guys. This is why we see systemic things. That is why, unfortunately, in allopathic medicine, the whole concept of like being an expert in one area becomes a problem because it's never one area. Like, it's never just your brain. It's never just your respiratory system. It's never just your liver, just your gut. It's everything. And so, when we have this issue that don't stay in the liver, not being able to remove these things, now we get people that have like itchy skin increases of bacterial infections. You have UTIs constantly. You have yeast infections constantly. That is your body trying to get infections out and it's struggling.
1: Yeah. So how does this happen? Like how do you get these blockages? Um, so there's basically two ways that this system um, can be impaired and lead to a lot of issues. So number one, it can become physically blocked. Um, And number two, you start to produce less and low quality bile that does not do its job. So here's where if you want to imagine visually like a tree, uh, your bile ducts are like a tree. They have small skinny branches on the outer parts of your liver that lead down to larger branches. Those larger branches get bigger in diameter the closer that they get to the trunk of the tree. So all branches eventually connect to the trunk. That trunk is going to be like your main bile duct away from the liver. So the smaller ducts that get clogged first, then, you know, the larger ones that leading to the trunk become blocked until the main liver bile duct becomes severely restricted, okay? So your liver bile duct can get physically blocked by a range of toxins and poor nutrition. Eating too many unhealthy fats Um, which we've talked about a hundred times probably or more on this podcast, hydrogenated oils, fried foods, things like that. Um, Because these things can cause your triglycerides to collect in the bile and block it. So, you know, again, this is where we're not saying that you need to be extremely low fat by any means. We want you to use things like nuts and seeds, olive oil, avocado, like the good, healthy fats, salmon, fatty fish, Red meat, chicken thighs, things like that. Um, so when we look at things not flowing properly, then we end up with gallbladder stones, right? Which can obstruct and basically stop that flow entirely. Certain drugs can impact this um, as well. We're not going to dive into that today because you know that's so different for everyone. But it's really important if you're thinking about you know your drainage pathways and and detoxing to make sure that bile is moving to help other detox organs, right? Because again. The liver is a huge detoxifier, but there's other ways that your body detoxes too, like eliminating waste one to three times a day. Um, your skin—that's why we looked at skin issues as well. Okay, so what's going on at the root cause? Is it leaky gut? Is there food sensitivities? Is it lack of bile? Right, that's causing us to have either rashes or hives or itchy skin. Then we can look at like eczema, psoriasis, and those types of things. So, remember that unwanted substance that's in the body reduce and minimize your exposures to those things as much as you can, either processed foods, toxic skincare, hair care, all those things, um, because those things are what make your your bile essentially thick and sludgy over time. And so if you think about this in terms of like a clogged sink in the bathroom, it's congested, right? You're not going to be flushing things through as, as well. Um, and so that's how all of these toxins that we're exposed to and all of these unwanted materials, heavy metals and so forth, end up you know, becoming very problematic and causing dis-ease. I would say not disease, but disease and, and you know, downstream effects. It's like that domino effect. Bile is not working well. We're not breaking down fats into fatty acids. Things aren't moving properly. The liver takes a burden. Now the kidneys also taking a burden. And so it's just, you know, kind of downstream stress that accumulates over time.
0: Yeah. So like you're probably saying, well, how do I know if this is me? Like, how, you know, do I have good bile flow? Like, what can I do? So here's the thing a big sign of bile dysfunction is if your organs aren't detoxing the way that they should and looking at your stool patterns. Okay. So when there is good bioflow, you should be having one to three, well, I would say two to three bowel movements a day, two to three bowel movements a day that are formed, that are not like super loose, that are not super urgent, that are relatively easy to pass. That is how your body gets this stuff out. And so if we are not having that, you are likely recirculating toxins or ending up with a lot more burden than you realize. Pooping is the easiest way for your body to clear out toxins. When your body can't dump these, it puts them in the blood and this also affects the kidneys. Like we talked about earlier, the kidneys are not designed to be the backup for the liver. It will be. Your body is amazing. It will adapt, but the kidneys are not designed for this. They are not meant to basically detoxify what your liver cannot. And it will if your liver has too overburdened. And so you can actually get testing to see how much bile your gallbladder pushes out. We've had multiple clients come to us that have had this testing that they have like, they basically give you like a percentage of function of your gallbladder. Um, You can also, excuse me, you can also see like uh, how sluggish or sludge, if you have sludge in your gallbladder, like there's testing that you can get that done. Um, But you should have two to three gentle, solid poops a day. That is a great way to know. And like I said, if you're having floating stools, if you're having fat in your stool, or if you react to eating fatty food, that is another really common Mm -hmm. um, sign that you have poor bile flow because, again, bile gets triggered when you eat fatty food. And so if you're not digesting and breaking down and absorbing those foods very well, that is a much, you know, it's, it's a pretty clear sign that you probably do not have adequate bile flow.
1: Yeah. And that's going to look like diarrhea, yep. abdominal cramping, you know, mm-hmm. pain. You know, this is one thing we always talk with clients who have had their gallbladders removed. For most of them, one, they've never been told that they should be taking either ox bile or bile salts. Um, and two, what types of food that they should really be avoiding. And a lot of that's going to be these hydrogenated oils, fried foods mm-hmm. and things like that, That things that are very greasy um, because it's just too much. And I would say even in the sitting having too much at one time, because it's just your body can't digest properly. Um, if you're doing like one crappy oils, but two, a lot at once, like split mm-hmm. it up throughout the day. Yep. Um, so let's talk a little bit about cholesterol and how that helps bioflow flow. Um, because as we've talked a lot about bile breaks down fats into fatty acids for digestion. So interestingly, 70 to 80% of cholesterol is used for bile acid production. Bile, excuse me, cholesterol is very commensal. A lot of people are like, Oh, well my cholesterol is high. So should I avoid red uh, meat and egg yolks and things like that? And we're telling them like only like 10% of your serum cholesterol is like dietary. Yeah. Yeah. It's detoxification and, and poor detoxification and, and an overload of a lot of things that are driving triglycerides high inflammation, right? Inflammatory inflammation. So cholesterol is how your body actually makes bile acids. So if you're low in bile acid production, you are low in cholesterol or not converting cholesterol into bile acid. When you have high cholesterol, you've shut off the mechanism to make bile acids. Read that again. Let's talk about that again, guys. When you have high cholesterol, you have shut off the mechanism to make bile acids. If your bile is clogged, you may have too many bile acids in the body that aren't moving. They're stagnant. Again, we just talked a lot about your lymph system and moving fluids throughout the body, right? The lack of movement causes your body to stop making bile and cholesterol builds up.
0: I just want everyone to let that sink in for a second. It is not the cholesterol that's the problem. The cholesterol is the result of the problem. This is what we talk about all the time. High cholesterol, weight gain, diabetes. All of these things are diagnoses. They are symptoms. They are symptoms of a deeper problem. You need to get to the problem. When it's cholesterol, a lot of times it is too much toxicity. Did you actually know that there is a higher correlation of toxicity to diabetes than there is with obesity to diabetes? Mm. Fun fact. It is the toxicity of our lives and our inability to get it out of our body.
1: Yep. So we also talk a lot about movement and we talk about Mm -hmm. sweating right? If you're somebody who's listening to this and maybe you are you know, physically impaired or you're dealing with injuries, get yourself into a sauna, like get yourself moving in different ways. Do the self lymphatic massage, get a lymphatic massage by a massage therapist um, for you. Like any anytime that I'm explaining on a call to a client, like, you know, the pumping that you can do in your clavicles here or massaging behind your ears, I immediately start swallowing. And I've done lymphatic massages um, for a period of time several years ago. And you can tell when you are not draining properly. Um, and honestly, throughout that process, I did it with one of my friends who is being trained in it. I probably dropped five to six, um, inches of just inflammation, just getting things, you know, moving. So anyways, we talk a lot about, you know, the negative press that cholesterol gets. Um, and obviously we don't want your cholesterol cholesterol to be extremely high. Um, it's, it's not good when it's extremely high, but it doesn't mean that cholesterol itself is an evil thing. Rather, again, we have to think about this as like a building block to support other functions of the, of the body. And I've seen it so many times with clients on lab tests. If we see that their bioflow is not functioning properly, the rest of this you know downstream, their lipid panel doesn't look great. Their hormone panels don't look great and they're struggling. Insulin resistance, excess estrogen, estrogen dominance, like it's kind of a a domino effect. And so again, we're taking you guys back to like the root cause. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about the four things that, you know, kind of can be connected here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So as we talked about, it's never one thing. Um, so number one is the liver's support for bile ducts. So your liver releases ATP. And this is why I've mentioned this a couple of times. This is why people that do a lot of like high intensity exercise, CrossFit, Orange Theory, hit classes, stuff like that, tend to have really stressed out livers. Your liver is a large resource for energy for the body. It is a storage spot for glycogen. And so if you're always depleting glycogen, or if you're always asking your body to make ATP, it puts a burden on it. And so when the liver releases ATP, it releases it into bile when it's healthy although the reverse is also true. If your liver cells are not healthy because they're burdened, because there's high levels of toxicity, because we're not supporting them, they can't fill your bile with ATP. So why is that important, right? Your body has a very protective and natural supportive mechanism, and it knows how important your bile ducts are. So secreting ATP in the bile, into bile gives your bile duct cells added support that it needs. This helps them prevent from being damaged or scarred as the liver dumps toxins to be taken away. Like that's a big responsibility if you think about it. Taking these bacterial, these toxins, these viruses, giving it to the bile and having the bile take it to your stool, that's a big thing. And so your liver is basically giving them added support and it stimulates bile flow and ATP release and that strengthens the lining of your bile ducts. So your liver giving your bile ATP to strengthen the bile duct, and your
1: liver needs to be healthy to do that. Mm-hmm. Shocker! A lot of us don't have healthy livers, yeah, because we're exposed to too many things over time, and we don't support the drainage, you know, pathway. And so, again, we need to remember that the liver is a filter. And it's funny, you made a post about this um, not too long ago, yeah. regarding you know, like the liver can just do all of the work for you and all of these mm-hmm. other people saying that like you don't need detox supports and things get like so that. I so mad. Um, it's health influencers that say your liver
0: detoxes for you. It can if it's healthy, mm-hmm. but if you're dealing with a lot of symptoms and you're dealing with itchiness, tiredness, chronic fatigue, I see chronic fatigue be so commonly the liver is a main issue, a root of issues. Right. And we're talking about how that can be right now, because guess what? Liver creates ATP. It's literally what I just
1: said. Yeah. So no matter how amazing it is in terms of like its filtration process, you guys also know that the liver, if you have damage to it or whatever, it can regenerate itself. It can, mm-hmm. you know, the organ. itself. Um, so it's still taking a hit from all of these unwanted toxins and chemicals and things that we're just exposed to in the elements essentially daily. Um, and so this can increase the production of your liver enzymes, which s- signals that your you know liver has been damaged. Um, We see this a lot on lab work, right? When we're looking at AST, ALT, a few other um, liver markers there, obviously outside of just your cholesterol. Everybody thinks cholesterol is the only thing that, you know, really matters. But there's other markers that we can see that signify, you know, that there's either bile issues or that the liver is under a lot of stress. Um, And so that's, you know, what we look at when we do, you know, lab review and things like that. But you just have to remember that blocked bile flow into the small intestine, um, will hinder your body's natural detoxification processes. If the liver bile is blocked, your liver starts to deteriorate from the inside out on a cellular level. We're always talking about cellular turnover. Give you know your body a break from constantly eating. You know all the time. Like I, I remember, like when I was pregnant, it was probably worse. But I'm guilty of this too. Like we talk about those bites, licks, and tastes. Like give your body a break. Give your digestive system a break. Let your body. You know have a break from toxins, sugar, alcohol, right? We're, we've talked about this uh, in a recent episode of things that you should do at least once a year. And I think January is a great time. You know, I saw Emily Forsella post um, yesterday, th- we're recording this uh, last week, but she's talking about everybody's like, oh, I'm gonna start on Monday. Yesterday was the last Monday of the year to start. And she's like, get it together. So I'm gonna say to you guys, you, you're gonna start the first of the month, you're gonna start the first of the year, you're gonna start the f- you know next Monday. If you haven't already start today the day that this is you know start doing things that support your body natural's ability to detox and that starts with removing burdens Throw out the toxic skincare and hair care. Get new, you know, makeup and hair products and lotions and perfumes. Um, you know, all of the things beyond what we've already discussed in our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they all matter because it's this accumulation effect. So you're using all these toxic products, then maybe you're drinking alcohol, then you're eating sugar, then you're eating you know processed foods, inflammatory, artificial ingredients your body doesn't recognize. And then on top of all of that, maybe you're not sleeping well and you're not moving and you're not exercising, you're not taking care of yourself, like really start to clean things up. And I would challenge you like the whole month of, you know, January, or maybe even it's longer than that for you, remove things in your life that you know are toxic uh, because either, you know, you've let them become a habit uh, or start to evaluate man, how many one ingredient whole foods do I actually have? You know, fiber is really important. Antioxidants, colors, 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 colors. We've talked about this a lot lately. Um, So do things to start supporting your body. And then maybe down the line, if things haven't improved, start with testing, right? Mm -hmm. Or or get help. But this is all really, really important. And I keep driving this home, um, you know, even through like the 12 days of constipation that I'm doing is like, water is so foundational. You know, we talk about this in terms of recycling water and electrolytes. If there's not enough water in the body, you're going to struggle. So again, go back and listen to other things that we've already um, touched on with this, but drink the water. Mm -hmm. So
0: number three, let's talk about the gut because we know the gut impairs and impacts a lot of things in the body. If your liver bile duct isn't working, your intestine function is going to change and a blocked bile duct can lead to altered gut microbiome. Change gene expression in the gut. So your gut can actually change your DNA gene expression. Damaged and loss of microvilli. So your microvilli is kind of like these little finger-like projections that extend past the gut barrier To pull nutrients into the gut and into the bloodstream. So when you damage the microvilli, you have less nutrient absorption, um, and it just your body can produce less DAO, which helps fight degrade histamine, which then can cause like higher allergic reactions. This is where a lot of times we see people develop worsening allergies as they get older. They have you know a worsening gut condition, increased insulin resistance. Fun fact: um, I don't know if anyone remembers Agent Orange. It was an exposure of. a type of chemical that were basically a bunch of soldiers i believe in world war 2 maybe were exposed to agent orange um all of them developed diabetes and it uh one of the things in agent orange is glyphosate and so Ooh. we have seen like i mentioned earlier toxicity is a higher correlation to diabetes which is caused by insulin resistance than obesity so although yes being overweight being obese is a big driver of diabetes and insulin resistance, high toxicity levels is too. So you don't just have to be overweight to have this issue. Intestinal issues can also be caused and leaky gut. It's important to strengthen those tight junctions in your gut to solidify the gut barrier. Because if we don't, we end up being exposed to a lot of things we're not supposed to. So restoring the right microbiome balance in your intestines gives them more bile salts to work with. Low levels of bile also contributes to things like SIBO, A lot of people have heard of SIBO. Some people that might be listening might deal with SIBO. Again, SIBO is a diagnosis. It is not the root issue. It is being contributed to by poor bile. So ensuring that you protect and reestablish the microvilli in your intestines, not having healthy little finger-like projections to absorb those nutrients creates deficiencies in both micro and macro. So again, remember, problem upstream. In that drainage funnel, the drainage we talked about on another podcast too, it will affect everything downstream. Better bile flow keeps going downstream to your large intestine too, and it helps with any issues you have in the colon by supporting the lining of your colon, similar to how it supports the cells in your liver. This is why bile is getting its own podcast today.
1: Yeah. And we've also talked about upstream. And so I want to talk about that very quickly before we wrap up because your thyroid is really influenced bile as well. Um, and so how well your thyroid functions can determine how much energy you have. It can influence your weight, how well you use insulin, AKA what Becca just talked about with insulin resistance, Um, because good bile flow is very beneficial to your thyroid. So there's a sphincter known as the sphincter of Audi that not only controls the release of bile into your small intestines, as we've already talked about, but this is also a receptor site for thyroid hormones. So if you're lacking T4, a thyroid hormone for thyroid function, which is inactive version of um, thyroid hormone. It can keep the sphincter of Adi contracted and lessen the amount of bile flow that is needed for the sphincter and your thyroid to stay healthy. So while thyroid hormones affect the flow of bile, the bile acids also affect the energy of the thyroid. So acids play a role when it comes to our metabolism, you know, our energy metabolism, how we're using the energy we're consuming, whether that's fats uh, or carbohydrates mainly, um, and by helping regulate our thyroid hormones um, to regulate energy levels in the body. Hence, low thyroid, low thyroid function often comes hand in hand with fatigue. Um, But low levels of um, T4 can also correlate to poor gallbladder function. So this in turn can lead to the formation of gallstones. So, poor bile flow. We look at gallbladder issues, right? Gallstones. It's important to, to support this process. Mm-hmm. Um, cause this is pretty powerful. So hopefully that helps you guys understand. And just as we kind of wrap up here, if you are someone who feels you need support in this area, or you are struggling with gallstones, maybe you're having gallbladder attacks. Um, you know, this because it's always happening, uh, with that pain or that abdominal cramping, diarrhea, after you've had high fat foods, you need to support this process. Um, and there's so, so many things that you can do before you go down the route of just removing your gallbladder. Please mm. don't do that. Um, if possible, if we, possible. it's an organ that we yes. were
0: designed with. We need it, even though they can make it seem like you don't very important. Yes. There's a lot you can do too, guys. Listen, Liz mentioned drinking water, staying mm-hmm. hydrated is huge. Bile healthy foods. So things that help stimulate bile are bitter foods. Mm-hmm. So bitter foods, you can think about things like um, kale, radishes, um, arugula, things like that. You can get bitters. Digestive bitters can help. It's like a spray, very safe to take. Um, nutrients like vitamin E and zinc are huge for healthy bile flow. Um, and then you can look into coffee enemas. I always forewarn with coffee enemas because they can unlock certain things for people. Like if you have a very toxic Body or load coffee enemas when you are not draining properly um, can kind of like release some toxins, and people can feel worse when doing them. So I don't always implement them right away. Um, but coffee enemas help your liver bile duct detoxify naturally. It increases glutathione levels by like four hundred times, and glutathione's a major helpful prop piece of the liver detoxification and drainage process. So there are some other herbs too. We use supplements with our clients when they're going through certain protocols to help support this system. Um, but at the end of the day, guys, like move your body, drink water, eat whole foods that are colorful, antioxidant rich. Like it doesn't have to be that complicated. If you do need additional support, we can go that route. But I, I always tell people like you gotta be careful with supplements. Um, Your body, you got to know your body. You got to know what your body needs uh, and start slow, low and slow.
1: Well, and you can't out supplement. We tell this all the time to, Mm -hmm. you know, some of our clients that are on gut healing protocols, you can't out supplement not changing your diet and not changing the foundational pieces that support your body in healing. We just did a podcast about that last week. So I think it's really important. Like if you're going to embark on this journey, you got to be all in. You can't be like one foot in, one foot out. Well, I'm going to buy all these supplements or, you know, I'm going to go on Dr. Google because Liz and Becca talked about, uh, you know, bile and ox bile and these things and just start you know, DIYing it. Um, if you're not going to be changing all of the other things when it comes to your diet and your lifestyle. So with that, happy new year. And we will be back on Wednesday.